Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem, the podcast taking a look behind the scenes of the fantasy sports industry through interviews with some of your faves in the biz. This episode features Edwin Porras of Fantasy Points and the Injury Prone Podcast. We had a wonderful conversation where he talked about such things as being a doctor of physical therapy, if being injury prone is really a thing, working with minor league baseball players, deciding to put out content for the first time, the injury tracker, and a ton more. Be sure to follow Edwin on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. You can follow me on Twitter at TheCaseyCaseUp and the podcast at GetReal underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. This episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem is sponsored by my rad patrons on Patreon. You can become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash Casey Kasem. Thank you so much to all of the listeners as well. Without you, this show would not be a thing. So again, thank you so much. Now here's Edwin Porras on Get Real with Casey Kasem. All right, got Edwin here. And, you know, Edwin, I'm so happy that you could sit down because long time coming i'm really happy to have you on as a guest and for the people that are listening um they probably the first thing they want to know is how exactly did you get started playing fantasy football in the first place playing was way back probably gosh high school so probably like 2010 2011 ish and i don't remember who asked me to be in the league it's one of my friends, and it's actually the the core group of friends who I continue. We continue to have a league now. Um, it's dwindled to ten, but I remember being like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. Right, this was like me pre Twitter, pre fantasy concept being all over the place, and I was like, all right, I think I'm just gonna wing it. So that first year, I had no idea what I was doing. My draft was awful, but it was the year, and maybe this will help find, identify what year it was. It was the year that Justin Forsett and CJ Anderson both had like middle to late season breakouts and I was yeah. able to scoop them up. Um, I was addicted ever since then. Like I literally, <laughs> this is like a high <laughs> at the right. time I remember, right? And so I was like, oh, this game's fun. So I think that was around the time that I got into fantasy. So were you, when you were growing up, did you play sports or watch sports or anything like that? I was a very average athlete, very average athlete in the middle of nowhere, rural Kansas, which means by most standards, I was a below average athlete. So it was fun. Um, it took up a lot of my time. Uh, I don't, I no longer really identify as an athlete. I'm an active person, but I don't really say like I'm an athlete or anything, but yes, uh, sports were, were a big part of, of growing up football, basketball, uh, tennis, which again, I was below average at tennis, but that, that was uh, always a fun spring uh, spring sport for me. Uh, again, I wasn't very good. So I was just kind of out there doing the thing the, did you watch sports or anything like that as well? Yeah. So I definitely watched sports. I, I was really super into, so basketball is actually my favorite sport in terms of like playing it. And so I really enjoyed watching college basketball at that point. Uh, I started to get a little bit into the NBA, but watching sports isn't, I don't do it as much now. I wish I did. I wish I sat back and like watched more often, but usually it's when I'm watching, like watch, like I'll watch the like red zone or whatever, but I don't sit and watch the entire games right now. Like even in the NFL, um, unless I have to, right. So like, if I'm going to talk about something, <laughs> I go, I try to go watch and get some context and watch the game. Uh, I know the running joke is like the spreadsheet, you know, the spreadsheet warriors who never watch a game. Uh, I try not to be that. I do. I do try to watch the games that I'm talking about at least. 
Well, yeah, <laughs> I always ask that question. Do you actually watch football or are you one of those guys or gals that just sits down and, and goes with the, the raw data and everything? So it's, it's cool to get that. Do you um, when you sit down to watch a game? How is watching a football game with you? If I was to sit down and we were watching football right now, <laughs> what would the environment be like? Oh, I would be sitting on the couch. It would likely be red zone because I have ADHD and I can't sit still through an entire game. But if it's like an island game, uh, I'll be doing something. I'll have something on in the background doing work. Uh, but typically, especially if I have fantasy guys going, there's there are a lot of groans. Um, you can ask my <laughs> wife. I think she'll be able to probably give a better perspective. There are a lot of groans or a lot of random fist pumps and yeses. And why are you screaming? There's a lot of that. I don't get, I don't throw things at the TV. That's not really my my thing. I don't, I don't get quite that upset. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really laid back. Um, and if it's an Island game, I, so I joke with, uh, Graham Barfield, uh, who's become one of my good friends. He, he cannot believe that I watch games on mute, but I just can't <laughs> the platitudes. I'm so like, I know this, you, you asked the question, what's it like with me watching the game? Like sometimes I watch on mute because if it's going to be a full game, I don't want to watch the L and here he comes, you know, engine of the team motor, you know, first guy in last guy out all the platitudes, you know, you, you get a complete an 80 yard pass, but of course it's always because the run game was working and you complete an 80 yard pass. It's just all these tropes that these commentators like just say over and over again, I'd be happy to watch. Do you remember when they used to have the, and maybe they still have it. Um, that camera angle. I remember the first time I saw it was in a bowl game in like 2018 where there was no, there were no commenters, but they just had like the, the um, almost like a bird's eye view of the game and it would just follow the ball. That was like heaven for me, but those aren't like, that's not common anymore. So yeah. that that's, that's, that's what it's like to watch a game with me. I guess it's, it's pretty quiet other than my, my complaints and my shouts. Yeah, I mean, we all, <laughs> that's pretty much, you know, 99% of people that play fantasy football. I feel like we're like, really intense about it good and bad but before you started putting out fantasy content and everything you know you were an adult a young adult and you had to you know make choices as to what you wanted to do with your life and what kind of field you wanted to get into etc cetera, etc cetera. how did you determine what you were going to do and then what was that process getting to where you are so i'm going to be honest i say this all the time like i lucked into physical therapy and being a physical therapist. Like when I was 17, 18, I mean, think about when you're 17, 18 years old, like you think you know everything <laughs> you're like at the peak of knowing nothing and the intersection of thinking, you know, and how like have all the answers, and you know, everything. And that's how I felt. Like I knew that I didn't want to do a desk job. I knew that I was really bad at math, but I knew I really liked science and biology. So that, that was really cool. And then I also knew that our physical therapist, the literally the one physical therapist in the town that I lived in, he got to work with all the high school sports and that was fun. So that seemed cool. Shattered him a couple times. All right, cool. I'm going to go to physical therapy school. Went to physical therapy school. I was a knucklehead as an undergrad kid. Didn't really know what it took to actually get good grades because when you apply to a post-professional school, right, they don't tell you like, well, you got to make sure to have at least a 3.5 in college and a 3.5 in college for a kid like me. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was going to be trouble. Got there, found a way to, to, to get there. Um, had to take a gap year. Got accepted the second year that I applied. And that's kind of, I kind of fell in love with it. I fell in love with everything that, uh, everything that a physical therapist entails, right? It's like the intersection of health, of natural wellness. Um, it's at the intersection of like community, community outreach, I guess you could call it. Like there are a lot of things with a skill set that I have that I can do. I mean, fantasy football is something that 
I could that I've I've got, I've fallen into right. I've been I've been able to marry the concepts of like orthopedic physical therapy, sports physical therapy, and fantasy football. Like the two things that you never would imagine ten years ago would even be remotely in the same ballpark, right? And and I've managed to build a, a little niche in in that intersection. So I'm just really grateful. Um, it was not a smooth ride. It was not something that I like knew right away. Like, like I said, I, I really lucked out. Um, I really, I really lucked out because I know a lot of people get into it. And I've known a, a handful of people that they move on to do something else because it just wasn't for them. So luckily that's not me. So bringing in the fantasy aspect, you brought that up. When did you decide, Hey, I could put out content on fantasy football in relation to what I'm actually doing. So like, what was the thought process there? Yeah, I've told this story before. It's, it's really interesting. So it was like, it was my last year of physical therapy school and it was summer. I know I had some fantasy drafts coming up. We were, I was driving back from uh, a little long drive on a road trip with my, with my then girlfriend, now wife. And I just was thinking in my head, like of all these dudes that were injured or had previously been injured. And I was like, man, surely there's something out there. Right. So uh, I go to Stefania Bell's page, uh, her Twitter, and, you know, didn't really find out what I was looking for. Although I knew, I mean, I knew who she was. And like, obviously that was like, she's like the gold standard. She needs to be the gold standard. Uh, and didn't, but I didn't really find what I was looking for in terms of like data and like hardcore consumption that I was looking for. So of course go to David Chow's page. Couldn't really find what I wanted there either. And I was like, well, I kind of think that maybe I should just try to provide the information that I'm looking for. Cause I'm sure there are other people who want that type of information too. And that was really the, I guess, the genesis of me saying, all right, I'm going to put out content now. Uh, and <laughs> I really didn't know what I was doing in the beginning, to be honest. Like I just cold, I cold called so many people, um, cold DMs, cold texts. And I, I was just like trying, and I wasn't, I didn't even really know where I was going with it at that point. I was just like, Hey, I have content. Uh, I think it's unique. I think it's helpful. And I just want to get some eyes on it. And so, uh, I actually wrote for a handful of different places at the time in that year. And it was taking up a lot of my time. <laughs> my wife, I had a conversation with her at the time. She was like, well, um, you can do this now because, you know, it was definitely taking up like Friday evenings, right? Like when all the injury reports are in and stuff and I'm doing injury reports for a couple of sites, she's like, you can do this for, for this year for free. But if you're not making money this time next year, then we're going to have to have a conversation. So I lucked out <laughs> the following year. I was able to make some money so that some of the time that we weren't spending together wasn't totally down the drain. And um, I've been doing it ever since. So that's 2019. It's actually really hard to believe um, that it's been that long. That Yeah, that, that whole story. That's really cool because a lot of people probably want to put out content. They're just not sure where to start. And like you said, putting out content based on what you were trying to find. That's, that's a really awesome reason to want to put out content and to put out awesome content. You really do. And, and you were talking about gold standards. And I really think that you are with that as well, because I mean, I know I check your stuff all the time when I'm playing fantasy football, cause you need to know these things. So it's really cool to have somebody that provides that for, you know, us to be able to hold on to and take with us into fantasy football. For sure. I, I appreciate that. I mean, no, that. for real. I, I, and it's really cool to be able to talk to you as well because of you finding such a, a a niche, such a thing that was needing to be explored. For people that are wanting to put out content and they're just not sure where to start, what would be one big tip that you would give them to kind of get them on the right track to get to where they want to be? 
this is, I really struggle with this question because it's so individual to everybody. Um, I recognize fully that I was in a position specifically am in a position where my niche is like, and this is going to sound, it's all relative, right? Like my niche is very broad yeah. because of the, of the formal education and because of the specific skill set that I have, like sports medicine, like that's a very broad umbrella and like I can apply it in a broad way to where like it feels like there are so many different things and places you could go with in the fantasy space. But the question is like, is it a functional, like is it useful, a useful application or is it just kind of cool to know? Um, and then will it get traction, right? So I, I don't really think I'm a good example because it, it is so like, I, I just really fell into like, not that you can't do it. Right. But like, it's hard to merge something like, I don't know, maybe engineering isn't a good answer. Cause you could definitely code and data and stuff like that goes together. But like, you know, like if you went to culinary school, like how difficult would it be to incorporate culinary and fantasy? Right. Like, I don't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Maybe you can, you're more creative than I am, but you know what I mean? Like it's very niche. So to answer the question, I would say like, what do you want to know? Mm -hmm. and how like and why do you want to know it is the first question like if you're in your own fantasy league like what question do you want answered and could it give you a tangible advantage in your league like i feel like that's the first question like is it tangible and and what do you want to know and is it tangible and then the second thing is is like could you figure that out on your own so if it doesn't exist like do it on your own I actually think the best examples in the industry, at least in my opinion, is uh, Matt Harmon's reception perception, right? right? That that shit is crazy functional. Um, it, it is it is crazy advantageous to have, and it helped him grow a niche, right? Like he's now he most people in the industry look to him as like the wide receiver guy. Um, he wanted to know like what does separation really mean, and he applied it. Another example is Graham Barfield, yards created, right? He's a fantasy points he wanted to know like basically those two guys answer the question of, like which one of these guys is actually good because <laughs> because we know like the north star of like we can look in all the data and, and notes and everything right and we can look into context and peripheral numbers and that yada 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 it's like is the dude good and are they in a good situation those are the two overarching questions and graham and and Harmon were went out to seek like which guys are good and so i like those are really good examples of things they wanted to know things they wanted to, to figure out and find out and something that would help them be, give them an advantage. And, and now you, you see where they're at. Right. So like, to, in my opinion, again, what do you want to know? Is it functional? Has it been done? And can I do it? I feel like that's, those are really long winded answers. <laughs> no, that's, that's perfect. It It is cool. And that's why kind of why I started this podcast too, was to kind of get my niche, I guess, is to talk to others and kind of figure out how, how everybody in this community, how all the people that are putting out content, how they think, how they got to where they are. So it's really cool to see that when it comes to putting out content, you were talking about doing the cold DMs and, and all of that. When did it catch on where you actually got on with somebody and were able to put out content in one spot? Yeah. So that was the following year. So 2020. So I, I still have the, the DM, uh, actually Ben Kukanis, uh, he, he just sent to me the other day or probably like a few weeks ago now. Um, but I just messaged him and I was like, Hey, uh, I'm an injury analyst. I'm a doctor student. I'll do this for free. And 
just let me know if like you want to give me a tryout or whatever and he essentially did then they decided the following year like yeah we'll bring you on you'll be full-time uh our full-time injury analyst and so that was 2020. Awesome. And so 2020 is the first time that and i'm not full-time right but um, in terms of being employed by one singular site all my stuff being there uh it's mm -hmm. been since 2020 and that was like a cold uh a cold <laughs> dm that initially <laughs> like now i'm still with them today right so like um yeah, I, I think that the cold DMs are one thing to to consider, but I also think that that like you have to lead with some value, right? So it's not just hey, here's my content. It's this is how I think it could help you. I'm willing to do this for free, and if you think that there's a place for it, like I'd love to be able to to try to to show that I could help you in this specific way. And how did you stumble upon Twitter and fantasy Twitter and all that stuff? That's a good question. I don't even remember. I feel like one day right. we all just were on Twitter, right? I don't even, do mm -hmm. you even remember? Like, man, I've been on Twitter forever. So like I went from not doing any kind of fantasy stuff on Twitter and not seeing any kind to start following fantasy people. And then it kind of went from just my personal Twitter to like, oh, I'm going to start putting out fantasy stuff too. So it was kind of, I don't know where it came from. It just did. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it was like, you know what? It was probably around that, that, year before I actually decided to put out content. Mm -hmm. I remember following uh, like Sean Corner. I remember following, I'm pretty sure Barry, Matthew Barry was on Twitter by then. Um, I remember following just like a hodgepodge of guys uh, that were on there, guys and girls. Uh, four for Four, I remember following John Paulson on there. It was just like a random collection of people that I sort of knew existed in the ethos. And then when I started putting content out, um, I dove down there. I went to that, you know, their their following uh, tab, and I just literally scrolled through. All right, well, follow, 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 follow. Right, that's how I started, and that's yeah. I think that's I think that's about how I got started on Twitter specifically. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see because a lot of people when COVID hit, that was like a big insurgence of people putting out content, and I know you were involved in it during the you know it started and it's still going on, but at that beginning time of COVID when it was lockdowns and stay at home and everything, did that change anything for you when it came to putting out content? Oh man, I'm trying to, to recall. It really didn't. That was a crazy time yeah. in my life specifically, Casey, because mm. um, this is maybe a little off topic. So when the, when the pandemic started, April of 2020, March of 2020, right? That was when mm -hmm. it was like sort of uh, nobody really knew what was going on. We know we just got to shut things down. Yeah. Um, at the time, I was graduating in May. I was scheduled to graduate in May. I was going to take my board exam, my big licensing board exam in April. I was in California when my wife was in Kansas City. Oh. Right. So for eight weeks for my last clinical rotation. And I had planned on moving to California after I graduated, after I passed boards, graduated, we're going to move to California and pandemic hit. Yeah. I can't, there are no flights. Right. So like I go like three or four weeks without seeing my wife, which for us is like unheard of. Um, my test gets pushed back. Like the most important test of my life up to that point gets pushed back, but I don't hear about it for like a month. Mm -hmm. Didn't really know what was going on there. Kind of kept studying, kind of didn't really know what to do. And my, the person at the time that was going to employ me was going to bring me on in a specific way and set up and whatever, basically like because of the pandemic, 
they ended up saying, I, I can't financially bring you on right now. Like they're so, and which I totally understood at the time. Right. So mm -hmm. that threw a wrench in a lot of what I was doing. So that, that saga really lasted from like March until June. I was able to take my test in June, the orthopedic residency that I applied for, they basically said, just wait and hold on. We'll try to get you. This might not even happen. We'll let you know eventually. Um, so I was in a holding pattern until like August wow. and then they're like, okay, this is going to happen. So you're going to move. And so I went from moving, uh, I don't know if you know, like the, the Northern California area very well, basically there's it's Sacramento and then mm -hmm. much further North is this little town called the grass Valley. And then back to Sacramento, another hour South is this place called Stockton. And <clears throat> we were like, I could basically go to the Bay in California, the Bay area, which is super expensive. Um, or I could go to, to Stockton or another place. And I was like, well, this is closer to Sacramento. My wife and I don't have to move to the Bay where it's super expensive to live. Um, so I guess I'll just go to Stockton, California. And so it was like three hours South of where I was even initially supposed to be. So that all, I feel like that's the context behind when you say like, did it change in terms of like the type of content you were putting out? I think I put out less content because that, that stuff, that period was so crazy and so wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that's really that that's like that colors that situation colors where I was from a content perspective. So I guess that's another long winded answer to say, like, I didn't really even put out that much content at that point. Man, I can't even imagine. <laughs> I cannot even imagine. And like you said, four weeks away uh, from your wife is like crazy to even think about. And I can't even imagine. Although at the end of the, you know, when we were finally allowed to leave, I was like, I, good, because I was about to come down there and like you know go go crazy at being in a house with somebody for that long without getting to go out but that's just me but I want to know about your content how you get more eyes on it how you get more people to listen when you're podcasting what are some ways that you can grow your audience that's yeah and again I'm like the worst marketer well like yeah because <laughs> well the thing is also I mean everybody's gonna come flock to you because you're putting out content that not a lot of people. That's that's fair. Out. That's fair. Uh, so uh, here, the, the thing is, like, I always lead with what do I want to know and is this functional? And I know I already said that before, but when it comes to like the nuts and the bolts, I think one of the ways that I learned what was popular and what wasn't is is something really like simple, um, like a tweet, like tweet deck or uh, it's called Audisense. Audisense is I don't really know how accurate it is. It seems to be relatively accurate to me. Um, on if, if there's a free version of Audisense where you essentially have it breaks down on Twitter specifically the most active at time of day, time of week, and time of month that your audience is, the specific topics that they are interested in, and then you can also on TweetDeck. I'm relatively certain you can still do this on TweetDeck. You can look at your monthly summary, and every month it uh, it shows the amount of interactions you had on your top two or three tweets or something like that. Um, and so those are really functional ways for me with, with a Twitter audience specifically to, uh, to engage. And I think one of the things that like, I would say to content creators who are newer to this fantasy space in particular, um, it can get, it can feel like nobody's listening, right? It can feel like right. nobody's paying attention, but I have more people like you who will be like, Oh dude, like. I missed your content the other day, right? Like, or, oh, you didn't put this out. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even know you were like listening or watching. Like, that's crazy, right? So the numbers, and the numbers can be deceptive too. 
Yeah. So like my podcast is nowhere near, has nowhere near the amount of downloads per episode as the amount of Twitter followers I have. Right. And I feel like that's pretty similar across the board uh, with fantasy football in particular, like as the year goes on, your downloads go down, right? Cause people start losing, yeah. they start, they lose interest, <laughs> they delete the app, whatever. Yeah. So I think those are just, there's some random, random spatterings, I guess, is like tune in to what your audience likes. Don't be afraid to ask your audience what they like um, and then track it, right? Just like everything else. Like we bash teams and organizations and coaches when they don't follow the data. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think you should blindly follow, right? Like what you think is, is right or what you think isn't wrong. You should have a little bit of an objective view um, because what you think is interesting might not always be what your audience thinks is interesting. Yeah. And I like keeping your audience involved and kind of making them feel like, you know, you're listening to what they have to say. So being able to put out accessible content to them is really cool. Explain more about your podcast. Um, for those that don't know about the podcast or haven't heard it, can you kind of give us a little summary of what your podcast is about? Yeah. So my podcast is the injury prone podcast. It's tongue in cheek, right? It's like the whole injury prone thing. Um, the whole injury prone thing, bottom line, I think like if I could summarize it, it's become a bit. And a lot of my followers on Twitter will like, they know it's a bit like, I don't, I hate the phrase injury prone. It's just, it's just so blindly used. Like it's not applied correctly. It's like applied correctly, like 1% of the time. And so I just, (laughs) it just became my thing like a long time ago. Right. I've like written, written articles on it. So the injury prone podcast, uh, is about basically during the season, it's, what is, what is this injury? How does it affect the player? How might it affect their performance? And what is the historical data and the precedent for this particular injury with this guy or uh, with this guy in the NFL? Um, and how is it going to affect my fantasy football teams? And are there any recommendations I would make or any roster moves that I would make? And uh, that's what I try to go through every Tuesday. And in the off season, it's more like prepping for big injuries, right? So like last year, it was a lot of talking about uh, JK Dobbins. It was a lot of talking about Michael Thomas. It was a lot of, uh, you know, in, uh, it, inter- and I interview other, other, uh, uh, folks in the space too. Uh, and we'll talk about their, the specific injury situations or performance situations coming up, like a lot of cam acres last year. Right. So mm-hmm. in the off season, it's a lot more dynasty oriented. Uh, and so that's sort of, those are the main, the main seasons of the podcast. Do you, since, uh, you're talking about dynasty, do you play dynasty football as well or fantasy football as well as redraft or what kind of leagues are you in? I'm so bad at dynasty compared to redraft. I'm <laughs> so much better, so much better. at. I fell into, uh, I fell into like an, an eight and six record in my, in this one dynasty league that I'm in, uh, for it's, it's actually a staff league. And I looked up and this year and I realized, Oh, this team's the sixth seed. And like the prize money's pretty big i feel like i should go in now so i made a ton of transactions i went into redraft mode right like my my default my brain is always in redraft mode um that's why i'm not as good as in dynasty um but um so i made a bunch of trades now i'm in the championship and i have like one first round pick over the next three years <laughs> but to me i like let's let's make it happen i guess um so yes my my brain is very much like oriented uh, to redraft I'm trying my hand at dynasty I'm in two three specifically uh three dynasty leagues and I'm 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 creeping creeping up there I'm getting better but god dynasty is really hard you have to be really locked in yeah <laughs> believe me I know I'm like <laughs> ah, right now I, I yeah we're not even gonna get started on that but what I do want to get started on is talking about uh 
major league baseball, but minor league baseball. So minor league baseball, what is your connection there? Let everybody know exactly what your connection is and what you do. Right. So for those who don't know, major league baseball, MLB is, is the, um, big brother arm of minor league baseball, right? M I L B. So it's as simple as that. And every team in MLB, they have a set of minor league teams. And you can think of these teams as like kind of independent contractors, but they're all the teams itself, like the logo, they're all independent contractors, but they're all fed by the same major league team. And so they're depending on the organization between three and five minor league teams. And so like a lot of the times you'll, you'll get your big league guys, you know, by the time they're 27, 28, they're hitting the big leagues. Like they've played through the minor league system, right? They've gone to double a triple a, whatever. Um, a lot of the prospects will even go through and, and for a couple of years and they'll hang out in the minor leagues. And so the minor leaguers, they're separate, but, but connected and related to the major leaguers. Right. And so since we, so I work for the Minnesota twins, we have God, I think five minor league teams, if we include the the Dominican team, the international team. And so all of those um, all of those players, when they're injured, they come to the minor league complex in Fort Myers. And I treat them there. Uh, so basically, my relationship as a PT to these minor leaguers is if you're hurt, you come to see me in Fort Myers if it's going to be longer than ten or fourteen days. Um, and then every so often, the the big leaguers who need a little longer time they'll come down and they'll they'll be with us too so that's that's my job that's my day job hey yeah you that awesome human that's listening to this podcast right now i'm breaking in for just a moment to let you know that i know you love your fantasy football leagues i know you do and i know you want to get something special for the league whether that be a draft board a ring a belt a championship trophy there's so many awesome things that you can get for your league and if you check out trophy smack that's where you need to go to get all that rad stuff only place you need to check out you can go over there right now using the affiliate link in the description and you can use code getrealpod for a free ring with the purchase of a trophy or belt Note, you must have both the trophy or belt plus the ring in your cart for the discount to apply. All right, now you can get back to listening to this episode. Working with the minor league players and working with these athletes, does that help with your coming up with ideas and, and things like that? And do you see things often that correlate to like the NFL? When you see an injury in the NFL, you're like, oh, yeah, I've seen this like firsthand. Yeah, that's a good question. I really like that question. Uh, every now and then, every now and then, you know, obviously, so baseball, like they're the contact injuries in baseball aren't anywhere near what they are in the NFL. Uh, but some of the injuries are, are similar, right? Hamstring strains, concussions, um, um, high ankle sprain. We had one high ankle sprain this year. It was a total freak accident. It was, it was a huge, it was, a, it was like a major injury. Um, so we do see things and every now and then, uh, I'll look up and like, let's say it's something that you'll see in. Uh, you know, and like the NFL, for example, and I'll look up and I'll be like, oh, this guy's progressing this way, that way. And we're at the two week mark. Hmm. Interesting. This <laughs> other NFL player that I just wrote about last week is at the two week mark. If they're in a similar place, then that would mean, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I do kind of like every now and then, right. You can't, you can, it's not a one-to-one thing, but over time, just in general, like as, as a rehab 
professional as an AT as a PT, like you see things and you can start to piece together the timeframes and the timelines and the progressions, um, which is the beauty of it, right? So the longer I'm a PT in theory, the better injury analyst I am. That's awesome. I like to hear that. Speaking of baseball, I would kind of wanted to know, do you play any other fantasy sports besides fantasy football or is fantasy football it for you? Fantasy football is it for me uh for before because i wasn't interested now it's like uh i should not play fantasy baseball and i will not play and i do not play fantasy baseball um but other sports i don't i don't i don't uh i don't have time honestly yeah like between work and like what i do for fantasy football itself like Mm -hmm. sometimes i am catching my like like this year i'll be like oh my gosh i like worked on my newsletter and i worked on my podcast and then i went on the fantasy points podcast and I didn't even put in waiver claims for my teams. And I'm like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. forgot to do that. Like that's, that's the whole, that's the whole point of what I'm doing. Right. And so, um, I do have a league that's really funny. They, a lot of them follow me on Twitter. It's actually a work league. And anytime I give a piece of advice or say something, but like, don't do it myself or like they beat me to it or something. Like I'm definitely going to hear about it like every single time. It's, it's actually really fun. Like I told them it's my favorite league to be in because they just talk so much shit. Uh, but <laughs> it's definitely a good time. <laughs> Love those shit talkers. I'm in a league like that where they're like when I was writing for the fantasy footballers, well, don't you write for the fantasy footballers? I'm like, kick your ass today. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. It's, that doesn't automatically mean I'm going to win. Every it's, time a, it's a lose, it's a lose-lose proposition. <sighs> you're, you're either going to get none of the credit when you win because, well, you do this for a living, right? Or you do this on the side or uh, you lose. And it's that it's like, yeah. Oh, you're a writer. And I kicked your ass. It's literally <laughs> yep. lose-lose. <laughs> I think that's kind of how it is when you give advice to and people are like in your tweets, you know, tweeting back at you trying to, oh man, I set my lineup based on this. Well, do you have to deal with that ever? People being like, man. You know what's interesting? I I have a pretty, like in terms of my, well, first of all, I have my notifications set to a very particular <laughs> set of parameters. <laughs> like good. I'll say that right off the top. Um, and the other part is I think I have pretty reasonable followers. Like I, I remember reading one, uh, one tweet in particular that was like, um, I drafted X because of you. And then somebody responded and was like, yeah, I drafted that person too. But I also, because of Edwin, and I also drafted this person because of Edwin, it ended up working out for me. Right. And so like, I was yeah. like, oh, that's the most reasonable discourse I've seen on Twitter. So I feel <laughs> like I've hopefully curated my audience to like, I don't really put up with that stuff. Like I don't entertain it. Um, and when I mean, I don't entertain it, I, I either make it like a self-deprecating thing, right? Like that's the secret sauce to me is like, if you can laugh at yourself, like you don't take yourself too seriously. Um, like one person made fun of like, like, and these people don't even know who you are. Right. And they have no clue. Like one, one time particular, like somebody just trolling me about like, oh, he, you know, he must've got his degree online or something like that. And so like I quote tweeted it and I was like, well, actually it's an international certificate and I have a picture of it right here. Right. And like, they never respond because they don't know what to say. <laughs> right. Cause you're like going to like, you're laughing at yourself, but you're like laughing with them. And so they don't really know what to say. And a lot of times that just shuts it down. So, um, I don't really deal with a ton. And I think it's, I, I think part of that is because I'm lucky. And then part of it is because I've just curated my audience. Like they just know I won't, I won't bullshit. Right. Like I'm not going to sit there and like argue with you anymore. I used to, um, but I, I just don't, I don't argue anymore. If anything, I get a lot of like on the front end, it's a lot of <laughs> questioning, like, well, did you think about this? And you probably get some of this too. Like, 
did you think about this? And did you think about that? I was like, well, yeah, I did think about that yeah, because I thought. I, I, <laughs> I thought about the whole situation. And, and if you want to go another direction, like go for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. There's plenty of people giving advice out and there's plenty of things out there, but um, yeah, for you to bring up Twitter, having like a, a you know, a reasonable reply to all that. That's pretty cool to see, uh, especially cause it's Twitter, but I still love you Twitter, but you know, um, <laughs> But okay, so do you have a team that you watch that's like a football team that you're a big fan of? So I am a cheater. I don't I don't live by the the uh, sports society like norms, right? So I'm a Seahawks fan. Never lived in Seattle, but I'm a okay. Seahawks. Fan. Uh, I've been I've been having decent fun this year up until recently, uh, but I also was in Kansas City. Uh, from the first year Mahomes started through the Super Bowl, right? So the year that they lost to Brady in the AFC game, uh, and then the year that they won the Super Bowl, uh, we, my wife and I were in Kansas City, and we actually got to, to drop by a couple of games, and that was really fun. So I'm like, by proxy, a Kansas City fan too. So I, I enjoy, like if Kansas City's on, I'll root for them, and I like watching Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and if Seattle's playing, then I just pray to God that Pete Carroll doesn't run another screen pass. <laughs> That's all they did with Chris Carson. Screen pass to the left, screen pass to the right. I was so tired of it. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> Being a Seahawks fan, so I, I want to ask you this because I always forget to ask Seahawks fans this, but I want to know with when Russell Wilson went to the Broncos, like what was your thoughts when that happened, when that first went down? And how has any of that changed? <laughs> no, like it's really interesting, right? Cause I definitely was on the side of like, let Russ cook and it must be the offense. And like Pete Carroll doesn't really know what he's doing. I, I really was on that side. Like I'll admit it. Um, the thing is, it's like, it's really hard to know cause you're never there, but there are, there, there are pretty credible sources that say that a lot of, uh, a lot of Seahawks players just weren't the biggest Russell Wilson fans. Right. And then now you're seeing in Denver, like they're, a lot of the teammates aren't Russell Wilson fans. And so like, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what goes on with that, uh, but obviously it's, it's a theme at this point. And I, I don't think anybody expected him to have this like crumble of a season. Uh, the, like the way that the, the way that it's went down has been absolutely crazy. Like I didn't expect that. I did not expect that whatsoever. So it's been interesting um, to see kind of the back and forth now that Pete Carroll kind of like a little bit of victory lapping every now and then, which is like, all right, fine, whatever. Like he probably took a lot of shit in the time that, that Russ was there, but no, I, I think that was really, I got to say, I, I was disappointed when he left and then Gino did what Gino's doing. And I was like, Oh, okay, well this is, this isn't going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. And so um, plus they have a ton of draft picks now, like yeah. high draft picks. So, um, we're in a much better place than I thought we were going to be like, literally it's, yeah. I did not think it was going to end this well. I don't think anybody did. If anybody tells you they knew it was going to end this way, like they're definitely lying to you. Yeah. That's got, yeah. Nope. <laughs> I was uh, yeah shocked too. Do you, when you are putting out content, I want to go back to the content side of this. So putting out content and, and you, you brought up that you write articles, what kind of articles exactly are you putting out? I know you're the medical an analyst over with fantasy points, but what exactly do you put out over there? Yeah. So the first thing that gets updated much more frequently than not is the injury tracker, uh, the injury insights. So every, basically, honestly, sometimes every hour, like whatever news comes through 
or whatever specific injury happens, I'll update it on there. That's that's uh, that's free for everybody. And then every Friday, I publish an injury report, which is essentially the same thing, but a summary with all the news up until that point on Friday, and a little bit of a like a quick analysis of what that player is going to look like and when to use them. Um, it definitely varies, like whether you're a DFS player, tournament, cash, um, uh, season long, stuff like that. So I try to break that down for every every relevant guy that's on the injury report. And I know you brought this up earlier and you complete the fits. You don't have to say anything, but you said that most guys that are labeled injury prone are injury prone. Is there been a guy that sticks it out that really is what you would define injury prone? Oh, dude. So here's the thing. I've been doing this. What is this? Four years, five years now. And up until this point, I really had like one guy in mind and I finally went out on a limb on uh, last year, like this season, right during the summer. And I was like, James Conner can't stay healthy and he might tank your season if you draft him too early. And I don't think he should be the guy that you zero RB with, or you modify RB with. Like, I, do, I don't think that's the case. Um, he missed three games and then basically he's been shoving it to me ever since. Uh, he has had six, he's had a major connective tissue injury, uh, literally, uh, six out of the last seven years. And I just didn't think that at this point he could stay healthy. And like I said, he's been doing it now. So that's the thing is like, the reason I don't say guys are injury prone is because they literally are all injury prone until they're not right. And like, we can get into it as a whole philosophical conversation. Like if you have recurring hamstring strains, okay you might have another hamstring strain, right? If you are Dalvin Cook and your shoulder dislocates every time you lift your arm up over there, okay, that might happen again, right? Like, but if you're like a high ankle sprain and then a concussion and then, you know, an elbow fracture, or something, like you're just unlucky, right? Like Keenan Allen is a poster child. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of guys so like Paris Campbell, Joe Mixon, Evan Ingram, uh, even back in the day, Frank Gore. Like I have the list right here, literally in front of me. Um, who else? Like Brandon <laughs> Cooks. Remember Brandon Cooks had like a million yes. concussions, unfortunately. And, and was Jonathan Stewart on that list? Jonathan, Jonathan Stewart. Oh, you know what? He could be another one. <laughs> no, uh, I just say on, that because he blocked me on Twitter and I oh, did not tweet yeah. at him. I just wrote, man, I'm so tired of always drafting Jonathan Stewart in my <laughs> fantasy leagues and him getting hurt all the time. And then he blocked <laughs> me and I did not at him. He searched <laughs> He searched it and he blocked you. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, <laughs> anyway, anyway. But yeah, no, just the idea of like of injury prone, it's really hard, right? So another guy creeping up there this year is is Elijah Mitchell. He's mm. creeping up there to my like, is is can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? But like you just think of all these guys, right? And I could the list goes on and on. Like even Debo, I know Debo's hurt right now. That's kind of a freak thing. Like Debo, huh? uh, Carson Wentz, like like all these guys, are right? even George Kittle, like all these guys that that we consider. Uh, at one point, we considered them injury prone, and then now they're league winners, right? Like George yeah. Kittle's a league winner for me in my dynasty league. Uh, Austin Eckler obviously is fine, but Evan Ingram, for some reason, all of a sudden, like five years later, is having a breakout. Like Paris Campbell is having a good year, right? All these dudes that we thought were injury prone, I mean, I didn't think they were injury prone, but <laughs> all these guys with these random assortments of injuries, everybody, and now they're injury. healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So, so that that's a whole philosophical conversation. Uh, but yes, I, if I had to say one guy, it was going to be James Conner, but, um, every year, every year I'm humbled every year. I'm humbled because I, I don't really know what I'm talking about, I guess. No, you do. And you know what? I actually, with like dynasty, you have to look at that. You have to look at the long-term the wear and tear on their bodies and everything. So like, I don't have James, I traded James Conner away to get stuff in return, you know, to get back some, some picks and stuff, but like, yeah. 
that, that that's why I think Dynasty could use the information you provide, like hardcore. Like if you're a hardcore Dynasty fan, it's important to pay attention to injuries. Um, and this, I mean, the same for a redraft when you're drafting and stuff to kind of think about that too. But, you know, you said unlucky, you brought up Keenan Allen. That's a hundred percent the guy that I think of that people labeled injury prone and why, you, you know, it was freak stuff, like you said. So definitely, definitely, um, podcasting and putting out and putting out content when you're, you're talking about a subject that you know a lot about and people invite you to come on their podcast as well to talk players and talk injury news and everything when you go on other people's podcasts how do you prepare for that do you prepare for that or you know what is that because it's totally different than having your own podcast guessing on other people's yeah so it's kind of a give and take when you go on other people's podcasts like when it's content related when it's something like this like i can appreciate the fact that it's conversational and there's not really a lot of prep that goes into it um but i do think there's like a certain etiquette just to just to be courteous right like if, if you know that it's a content oriented, uh, podcast and you haven't gotten, uh, you know, it's like 16, 18 hours away and you haven't gotten a script or anything, or even an outline or anything like that, like just ask for it, see if there is one, see if it exists. Um, and the other thing is just be on time, right? Like if you say you're going to be there at a certain time and be there at a certain time, I feel like that's, those are really two main overarching, uh, overarching themes. And then honestly, like if I, if I, if there is an outline, I read the outline. I try to answer the questions as best as I can on the front end. Um, and I try to just answer them. Like if I'm talking to a buddy who's asking me for fantasy advice and that's really, I think the best way to go about it. Cause we can get complicated with data and charts and, you know, DVOA and all these letters and stuff like that. Um, and definitely I reference that kind of stuff. Uh, and I think it's important to use in your analysis, but I think distilling it down in a way that's communicated well and clearly and concisely is more important than the information itself. Cause like on Twitter, I think one of the biggest mistakes I see some people make, and I've probably made this before is like, they'll put this massive graphic up and it's like R equals point zero point like seven five. And like, you know, the margins of error were this and this. And I'm like, I have no idea how this is applicable <laughs> to me. I have no clue what this graph means. You're not explaining the math. Like I'm just going to scroll right past it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so if you can't communicate what you're trying to say and, and try to answer the question, uh, then I don't think that you're, that you're putting out your best possible content in my opinion, like a lot of times, and I've had to work on this too, cause I've been on more podcasts over the years. And sometimes I would catch myself answering a question or talking and then I'll be like, oh my gosh, did I even answer the question? Right. So like the answering the question. So one one trick that I use is if it's a if it's like the answer to a question, right? Like if they ask a question, is this or you know, what about that? Blah, blah, blah. It's like I always lead with the answer. Right. And if I want to explain, then I tack it on at the end. But they'll be like, is James Connor injury prone? And I last year I would have said, yes. Let me explain, right? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Instead right. of explaining, giving your answer, and then the, yeah, the listener's like, yeah. well, did he answer? Did, did he really he? not? I don't really know what he's saying. Um, oh, and then a lot of the same goes on Twitter with like specific tweets. Sometimes I'm trying to make a point with like, right? Like let's use this James Conner example again, right? So over the last, you know, however many years, James Conner's played, I don't know, 58% of snaps, right? He's never played north of 63% um, since 2018. That was the last time he did. And he missed, you know, he's only able to finish 12 games. Um, and you don't add any more context. And you're just kind of like leading the reader to go somewhere. Right. Um, but if you're trying to say like, 
I would not draft James Conner. You add something at the end, like James Conner hasn't played north of 78% of snaps since 2018. And when he did, he was only able to finish 12 games, you know, dot period space. Don't draft James Conner, right? So like, <laughs> if you're trying to give direct, if you're going to try to give direct, right. and those are just, an, that's just an example. Yeah. Direct advice is like a lot of times people do want to be spoon fed. Um, I mm -hmm. find that content creators don't want to be spoon fed. Content creators <laughs> want to figure it out on their own. You probably can relate to that a little bit. Um, they want to figure it out. They want to find the answer um, and, and, you know, dig through the weeds to whereas like the consumer, like the pure consumer, they, they just, just tell me what to do, man. Like, what does this mean? Yeah. Like I've gotten a lot of that mentions. Like, can you, just, what does this mean? What are you trying to say? Um, so that, again, that comes back to communicating. Yeah. I'm putting out content for a while i was putting out fantasy content and then i stopped putting out fantasy content because i want to be more of the person that's consuming so i am like hand feed me please now because i'm like i don't have enough time to to and that's what going all back to not having enough time i mean you've you've brought that up about why you can't play you know why you can't play certain you know like fantasy baseball but what do you like to do when you do have time when you do have free time what do you do in your free time yeah. So I'm a big wife guy, uh, big, big wife guy. <laughs> Sometimes we literally don't do anything like we'll lay on the couch and we'll watch TV or we will um, not so much these days, but we will go to like try new breweries or new beers or try a new restaurant. Um, honestly, sometimes we literally stay at home and drink a ton of really good tequila <laughs> and go to bed. Right. So <laughs> it's like like you, we don't do we don't go out. We don't do like anything crazy. Um, especially since COVID, uh, we just hang out. Like we, uh, we use, we're really corny, right? So like our apartment complex, we have like all these games down in the lobby. Uh, they have like those massive chess pieces, right? The massive connect fours, uh, ping pong. Um, what else do they have? They have like darts. They have an arc, like an arcade with like pinball machine. It's crazy. They have a ton of stuff down there. <laughs> so like we'll sip some tequila and then we just like go down there and hang out. Like we're just two big kids. So like, it's going to sound super corny, but spending time with my wife is super important to me. Uh, and that's really what I like to do. And honestly, like try to stay active. Like I try mm -hmm. to stay as active as possible, um, whatever that means, any type of exercise. So if I'm not doing that, then I'm reading, uh, being a nerd for like my actual job. So trying to do that. Those are all the things that those like in a nutshell. Liam. That's, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, my wife the same way, uh, we were like talking, she's like, you have a podcast tonight. You're going to be on a podcast tonight. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to be on a podcast tonight. So, you know, but she's like, all Gotta right, get well, that shared we have to hang out. <laughs> Got to get that shared calendar. Man, I, I'm always checking. I'm like, okay, do you have Pilates tonight? She was, she was supposed to be at Pilates. So oh, she didn't go okay. to Pilates. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's not on me. We <laughs> <laughs> right? That's, that's a, no, really though. Like that's the other thing. And I've actually had conversations with content creators who they really like the surprisingly will ask me like, what does that look like from a relationship standpoint, your marriage mm -hmm. standpoint? I'm married. Like, how does that look successful? And I think the answer is it's different for every couple. No couple is the same. Uh, one of the things that like I've uh, time management's huge for me in terms of I'm not good at it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my <laughs> wife lets me know I'm not good at it. Uh, it's something I'm working on and getting better. Uh, but definitely like managing your time, getting organized, making a list like this is what I'm going to do today you know, this is what I'm gonna do in the next hour. And then, like I said, the, the joint calendar, like when I, uh, when I put that stuff in there, right, she can see it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like every now and then, even this time, I'm pretty sure I told her yesterday, like, Hey, I have a podcast tomorrow at seven and she'll, and she says, Oh yeah, I've seen it already. Right. So like we can already sort of 
like that that helps to bridge that like oh this this caught me off guard if i forget to tell her or something like it goes both ways so um those are some tangible things for if you're if you're married or in a relationship and i used to ask that question all the time on here because i literally when i got started i was like oh my gosh how do you balance it all so i was really trying to get that and the shared calendar thing is just like golden that's what it sounds like so i'll have to definitely jump on that <laughs> absolutely but, you know a last question i have before i let you plug all your stuff is you brought up you know people in your leagues like kind of razzing on you or whatever or you know but do your friends come to you for fantasy advice or ask you about certain players like hey man give me you know <laughs> give me the scoop on this guy every now and then every now and then um i'll, I'll get a text or, or a call and they'll be like hey what do you think about like this? Uh, my favorite ones, actually, it's it's funny. Uh, it will come from some of the players who like, I don't talk about the fantasy stuff at all at work. Uh, a lot of them found me on their own. A lot of the, a lot of the dudes found my Twitter and um, they'll ask, then they'll ask me, right? So they'll approach me and I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that you knew that I like played fantasy football, right? So those are my favorite ones. The ones that are, that are hilariously like asking me advice when I didn't even know that they knew that I did this. Um, those are my favorite ones, but I definitely do have uh, every now and then we'll, uh, I'll get some questions from people and they'll be like, Hey, like, do you have time to talk about like this, this, and this? Like a lot of times I just like copy paste what I'm writing anyway. And like, or what I've already written and send it to them. But yeah, <laughs> that does happen. That, that excellent. <laughs> you cleared that up for me. So go ahead and when, before we go plug all, all of your stuff and let everybody know where they can find you and make sure to roll your R's when you say your last name. I, none of us can, but you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my podcast, we've talked about the injury prone podcast. I think, I think everywhere that you can get your podcast, um, the, and then fantasypoints.com. If you go to the injury research and news and you go to injury, uh, injury insights, that's where it's constantly updated. And then gosh, what else do I have? My newsletter is pinned to my Twitter and my Twitter's at FB injury doc. Um, but yeah, I didn't have to roll my R's. My name's Edwin Porras. So <laughs> there you go. You just did. <laughs> thank you for doing that. Um, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been a blast. And I really enjoy getting to know you, as I'm sure everybody listening is happy about as well. So I appreciate you having me on. This is really fun. It's really flattering yeah. to be on a podcast that isn't necessarily just uh, fantasy football. So that's cool. Most people say that I'm like, I'm your little like therapy session to just like talk about whatever and talk about your life. And, and so it's fun. So I'm really glad. And everybody make sure that you do go check out Edwin's stuff and go follow him on Twitter because he's a great follow. And also make sure you come back whenever I drop the next episode. Who knows? I'm trying. I'm trying here, guys. But also make sure you remember to stay rad. <laughs>